I'm Steph Hansen, faculty at Iowa State University. And I'm Mary Janowski, faculty at the University of Nebraska. When we started our faculty positions, we quickly realized how important mentoring can be to the success of our graduate students and our programs. Using the principles of community, communication, and curiosity, we'll give you actionable tips to become a better graduate student mentor based on what we've learned during our mentoring journey. We've We've made the mistakes, so you don't have to, because mentoring matters. Hello, mentors, and welcome to another episode of the Mentoring Matters podcast. Today, we're going to talk about preparing our team members to get the most out of conferences. Yeah, so I thought we should start this by going to the way back time machine, Mary, uh, a million years ago when you and I were graduate students. So I thought a good way to start this off would be to actually ask you, what do you think was the most exciting thing for you about getting to go to a conference when you were a graduate student? Well, I think if I if I thought about going to conferences, the most exciting thing was actually to get the opportunity to hear more about the latest and greatest in in the science. And so for me, the time when I was in grad school, especially like in my master's, I was working on a stockpiled fescue. And I can actually remember a conference I went to that was all fescue the whole time. And I just thought that was the most amazing thing ever. All fescue all the time. That's right. All fescue all day long. It's like all beef producers nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and, and the coolest thing, right, was getting to see somebody present that you had read, like, all of their research, right? So, you know, the experts in the field, and they're up there talking, and you're just like, wow, that's really neat to actually put a face to the name. So I was just teaching in my uh, vitamins and minerals class this week um, about some of the research that was actually part of my dissertation research. And I told them, I was like, you know, how you have that, like that laboratory that basically has like a shrine set to them in your lit review, because you've cited like everything that ever came out of that laboratory. I was literally on a bus in Pucon, Chile, and at a trace mineral meeting, it was one of the first big international meetings I got to go to as a PhD student. And I turn around and the guy sitting on the bus behind me is um, Dr. Garrick, who like had discovered this protein that I did all of my PhD work on and everything. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe you're sitting so close to me. I could ask you questions. And then of course I didn't, right? Because I was like, I can't think of anything smart to say to you right now. So I didn't. But yeah, that's exactly why I love to go to conferences like that, because you get to actually rub elbows with the people who you've been basically reading everything that they've been doing. Yeah, but that's the most terrifying part as a as a strong introvert and somebody who doesn't like to talk until I know you uh, going to conferences, especially as a grad student. But hell, even now is something that is also somewhat terrifying because I have to have conversations with people. So I think helping our graduate students be prepared to have those conversations and and feel comfortable doing that's actually something really good. What was the most terrifying thing for you? Um, I mean, I'm definitely an introvert as well. So I think having to, you know, feel like you must be as smart as those people or you have to be as smart as those people if you're going to interact and have a conversation. Um, So that, yeah, definitely people. I'm not a people person, right? Like down with the people. So I would say that the introvert is what gets us all right. 
Right. I think, I think there's a lot of us in, in the science world that are introverts. So I think a lot of what I focus on, especially when I talk to students about going to conferences, is helping them uh, be prepared to network. Uh, so those introverts uh, and those who are introspective, uh, giving them the opportunity to feel prepared so that they can step out of their comfort zone. Right. Uh, So we talked with Jan Wersema in episode nine of the podcast about using personality assessments to tailor our graduate student mentoring. And based on downloads, this is by far our most popular um, episode. So you folks must be resonating with this one. And one thing we know is that scientists tend to be introverted. And while that's not always the case, the extroverts are definitely pretty rare amongst us. So let's send a bunch of super introverted people, especially young people, to a super unfamiliar place and ask them to network and make critical connections that will help them get jobs. Because what could possibly go wrong in this scenario? Uh, Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Or absolutely everything. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so I thought maybe we would kind of set this up as starting to talk about some of the points of resistance that our students have when attending meetings and then strategizing some ways that we work with our students or team members to help them get over that resistance. One of the first things that that I talk to my students about is is being ready to give their pitch. So it's like a 30 second commercial, who you are, what you're doing and what you want your future to be so that anytime somebody comes up and talks to them, they can have something to, to say about themselves that they feel very comfortable with. Absolutely. So I love that. And I would add another piece that I ask my students to focus on, and that is why does their work matter? So that can resonate, especially if they're talking to producers or if they're at a more applied conference. And sometimes that's what especially the younger students really struggle with. They, they might understand the science more than they understand bridging the connection with how their work might be applied. But that's something that we practice a lot if we have a speaker come to our grad meeting or something like that. When we do an opening go round, I always joke that it's name, rank and serial number. And they know that name, rank and serial number is like that that pitch. Right. That's a part of it to help somebody understand why the thing that they do matters. As introverts, it's very easy to just be like, ah, it's not that important. I just won't talk to anybody. And so to help them step out of their comfort zone, the other part of it that we can do is to set expectations and help them know that uh, we do think it's important and talk about why it's important. Steph, how do you handle uh, getting your students prepared? What do you do in terms of the the work to uh, help them understand why they should be maybe stepping out of their comfort zone? Yeah. So what we do is I will usually send an email or I will lay out an assignment in our grad meeting closest to before we go to a conference. And it usually looks something like, be prepared to come back after the meeting and tell us about, I usually say something like three people that you met. And I usually say no more than one of them can be a grad student. They can't be from our same institution. So I'm encouraging them to go meet students from other institutions I want them to go meet faculty as well. So they have to kind of come back and say, oh, I met Dr. So-and-so and and they work on this thing. And that's maybe a place I'm thinking about for my PhD. So that's why I tracked them down. Or we were sitting next to each other in this meeting and got to talking about how interesting that previous paper was. So just laying out, and and, you know, three is not an important number, right? It's just something that's going to say, Steph's going to ask me later who I met. And she's going to give me that look if I didn't do it. (laughs) Right. From that standpoint, I I often actually ask them to kind of do their homework ahead of time. So look at the program, uh, see what research they want to see, 
and then say, who is it that I want to talk to? So they can go ahead and plan uh, who they might want to introduce themselves to and be able to discuss their work, ask them questions. And in fact, you know, they can do a little research on the topic ahead of time. So maybe they can maybe even ask questions in the meeting. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think that's I think that's one of the pieces of advice I give them. I, I have I have very few students that are willing to actually ask in front of the room, but at least they're prepared to be able to ask uh, in person and help start that conversation. Yeah, I tell you, that's like a serious moment of parental pride, right? When they get to that point where they're confident enough to ask a question, and especially if it's a really insightful question and stuff, and it's just like, cool, that's my kid. (laughs) Exactly. You know, actually just thinking about how, of course, we're not just talking about our team members being introverts, right? A lot of times we're introverts as well. Um, You know, sometimes people get to know me and they're like, are you sure you're an introvert? And it's like, dude, I do not like people. I would rather be on the edge of the crowd. But if you can get that one-on-one going and we can start talking about my area of research, look out, we're going to be besties. (laughs) Exactly. And so I I raised my hand when you you made the comment earlier, because I was like, yeah, totally. That's me. I don't really like it either. But if we can get the conversation going, and especially if it's about science or beef production, I could talk to you all day. So that's one of the other pieces of advice I give my students is to have a few conversation starters in their back pocket so that they feel comfortable if they're sitting on the bus with somebody or they're standing around the hallway with a group of people to get that conversation started And I have a few questions. I also ask them sometimes just to go do some Googling. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff out there and they can pick a few that they really like. Like for me, one is, you know, uh, what are you working on that's really got you excited? Or um, what's your personal passion project? You can get into more personal things if you'd like. You know, what, what book has influenced you the most? Just things like that that can just get things moving forward. And I tend to stick more Uh, to science and work than personal uh, in my conversation starters. But that doesn't mean they have to do that, right? I think those are all really good examples because they weren't the shallow, you know, so what's your research, right? Because you asked, what's your passion project? You know, it instantly says, I want to connect with you. And this is one of the things where if we're lucky enough to have an extrovert or two or three in our groups, man, you can lean into them, right? Because they, this is their superpower. They're going to walk into a room and they're going to have, you know, business cards or contact information or tech, you know, phone numbers. Like they're going to have best friends after 30 minutes because they've never met a person that they can't talk to. I don't even know that they talk about science. I, you know, they could talk about literally anything, but if we can help the, the, the introverts see that they can kind of learn from the fact that, oh, you know, they just they just have a thing that they start talking about and it doesn't matter where it goes. It's just getting those first words out of your mouth. Right. It's making the connection and being memorable. That's another thing I will say is that it's really easy to forget names. And so yes. one one really positive thing is to make sure when you start that conversation, you introduce yourself. And then maybe even point to your name tag, help, help me have that information multiple ways. So I might remember you. 
And I talk to my students about trying to think about ways that they might be able to have like that lasting impression. And so the other component of that is if they're looking for a job or they're close to the end, you know, they may want to have a a resume or CV or or at least like a contact uh, card or something like that, that they may be able to hand out if, if somebody, if you're, if you get really deep into a conversation, right, that you think there might be some potential later. So that's the other thing that I do if we go back to the setting expectations and kind of giving them their homework assignment. That's the other thing I do is I will ask them to follow up with those individuals in the week after the meeting. So whether it's following somebody on LinkedIn or sending somebody a quick email or just some kind of connection, right? Because again, it's a reiteration that they met. And then also remembering that during those interactions, use proper names. So hello, Dr. So-and-so or Professor So-and-so, if that's obvious from their name tag. And if they say, oh, call me John or call me Steph or whatever, then that's fine. But it's always better to kind of err on the side of formality and let them kind of tell you what their level of comfort is. I think that's a great idea because then you have uh that contact information available to that other person because you followed up and that's a special touch that doesn't happen very much. This is a great way to set yourself apart. I would also say that I often talk to my students before the meetings about going and refreshing or updating their LinkedIn, thinking about what's the messages that they want others to see uh, on their social media and those types of things. So It's a a great time to just kind of think about, okay, what is my online presence? Yeah, we have some really good resources at Iowa State from the grad college. And actually, one of my students last year asked if we could bring in a rep from the grad college. She basically came in and it was like a couple of weeks before our national animal science meetings. And she came in and talked about what to have on a CV versus a resume, what to have on your LinkedIn page. And so they all created LinkedIn pages and like, you know, they're all like way better than my LinkedIn page. But, you know, that was a, for exactly that reason, right? So they could start to, to network with those people they were going to meet at the meeting. So one of my other pieces of advice, I tell my students, like, I better not see you traveling in packs of my whole group together the whole week, right? Like it's fine to like maybe go to some meals together and stuff like that but you're probably going to be in different rooms at different times. And I expect you to kind of split off and kind of do your own thing, right? So this is the perfect opportunity to practice some of those independent skills. But in terms of like approaching people, you know, maybe don't try to tackle a group of five or six people, but maybe you try to focus on somebody who's at a poster presentation, right? That's a pretty good opportunity to have a one-on-one and you can kind of have a lot, uh, you know, more intimate conversation. that's a little less intimidating for an introvert. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, you know, it's like when you see somebody standing alone, it's a whole lot easier to start up that conversation that when, than when they're in a group of four or five. That's kind of intimidating. Yeah, the other thing I'm just thinking about looking at some of our notes here is we go to very different types of meetings sometimes, like something times it might be super basic, sometimes it might be super applied and something in the middle. But oftentimes there's at least some population that overlaps across all of those meetings And so if that student meets somebody the first time and then that person comes in and speaks to our group later, they're like, oh, hey, do you remember when we met at the Midwest Animal Science meetings? And then by the next time, it's like, oh, how are your kids? And they they know each other much more personally. Right. And those are the people 
that we've even had industry folks write letters of recommendation for national awards for graduate students because they've built that relationship with them through multiple touch points at meetings and then maybe working on a project sponsor with them. Yeah, that's that's a great point. We talked about the fact that you're going to do your research and look at who you might want to meet in terms of scientists, but I would say equally as important for many of at least our students would be who in terms of companies do they want to meet and reps from companies. And so think being strategic and thinking about what do I want to get out of this meeting and then saying to myself, now, how can I accomplish that goal? So beyond just getting to see the latest science right there, you can have multiple goals for the meeting. And so I think just being a little bit uh, strategic and thinking through that is probably a, a good process. I think if we circle back to the expectations, you know, this is really our focus so far has been on on networking. But I also have a very honest conversation with those students at the beginning, right, that says, you're representing me, you're representing Iowa State University. I expect you to be a professional at all times. If you're not at the 8 a.m. meetings, you're dang sure I'm going to come knocking on your door and want to know why, right? It's not acceptable to be out partying all night and not coming to the early morning meetings because you couldn't drag your butt out of bed. And, and I'm proud to say I've had very little problems with that. And it's because it's been very clear that there's zero tolerance for that, right? Like it's good to go and socialize with some of those things, but that's not why I paid for you to attend that meeting. Right. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, you want to set up expectations for how they're going to present themselves at the meetings and uh, really help them, you know, to think through what is it that they should be getting out of these meetings. And there's a reason why you're paying X dollars to go. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, even, so I had a new student attending Midwest animal science meetings um, last month and I sent her a message and I was like, hey, do you want to chat tomorrow morning before we go next week? And we just, you know, talked about like, what do you wear to professional animal science meetings? Because even that, like, that's super different from other meetings. So I also go to the experimental biology, like FASIB meetings for trace minerals. And even wearing like the boots and jeans and cardigan that I would wear to Midwest where I'm kind of underdressed, I would be seriously overdressed at that trace mineral meeting, right? It's like, these people are wearing hiking clothes because as soon as that last session's done at noon, they're literally going hiking in the afternoon, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, it's different on different cultures and stuff, right? So those, but those are important things to talk with them about and help them understand what are we going to do with these meetings? Are we going to go out at night? Are we going to be out with company reps? Like, what can we talk about? Like, what can we not talk about? I think that's one that students don't always understand, right? And that makes sense. Why would they understand whether they can tell about their results or not, right? There might be some things where you're like, oh, that's under patent protection, or we're working on a patent or other things. So I try to give them some guidelines about what they can share and what they can't. I think another thing is the follow-up about the networking, but also in terms of those expectations, you know, it's following up about, okay, what did you get out of the meeting in terms of from those sessions that they attended? So asking them questions about, okay, what did you see that was really interesting and have having that expectation that they're going to have to have thought about it, take some notes Uh, and actually be present, not just in the room. Right. My grad students are usually the ones who are sitting there with notebooks. I see a lot of grad students at meetings who do not have notebooks or anything to take notes, but we preach that, right? So they're sitting there with notebooks and they're taking notes. 
And I, as a part of that initial kind of email that I say, don't forget, I want you to meet at least three people and come back and tell us about it. I also will often say in there, I want you to come back with an experimental design that you came up with that would, you know, move our research forward after you saw something new at the meeting. That's a, that's a great idea. I hadn't asked them about coming up with an experimental design. That's a really great one. Sometimes they have really good discussions about that too, like in the van ride on the way back, if, if they drive or think or fly back and stuff together and they'll be like, well, what did you think about so-and-so? And it's a really good opportunity, one, to, to teach kindness, but it's also an opportunity to be like, well, what did you think that they could have improved in that presentation, right? Like you talk about this a lot, I think with your group, Mary, and that's like, what was the communication of the science like? Would you have changed something? Are you wanting to go back and change something and how we do something because you really liked how somebody talked about something? I can't tell you how many presentations I sit in and I was like, oh my God, if I wanted to read the slides, I would have just done that myself. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think having them think through, okay, what worked well from the presentation side of things that they want to emulate and what um, kind of fell flat and that they want to try to avoid, that's a really great conversation as well. I also think that it's nice to have them realize that people are watching and that includes you. So, you know, giving them feedback about how, uh, when you saw them, how they seem to be doing is also good, right? So it's like, yeah, I saw you at that early morning thing, or, you know, I saw you at this session and that's really good. You know, what did you, what did you think was really cool about uh, the science that you saw there? But just kind of helping them see that, uh, that you are paying attention. I think it's good. Yeah, I had a lot of good hallway conversations um, at this last meeting because I was in a different room than a lot of my students were. And so then it was a lot of like, oh, what'd you learn in there? And then they had some follow up questions. And then it was like, oh, what'd you learn over in your room? And you know, then we talked about some other things. And I think that's really good. I also try to hang out with them kind of one on one and kind of be like, okay, this is a student who's like, within the next year, they need to find a job. Let's go kind of do the rounds and introduce you to a few people that you might not know yet. Uh, so I think that's good. Or somebody who's looking for a PhD program and you're like, hey, I think you should talk to Dr. So-and-so. Like, I think you'd be a good fit for them. Let's go have a chat. Or this last one, it was like finding people. And I was like, I have an awesome undergrad who works for me in my lab, but they don't want to do feedlots. So they're going to be calling you and you need to pick up the phone. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> right. That's that's a great opportunity you know, I, I was thinking about it and I know for me, uh, I was pretty much ghosted <laughs> when I went to meetings. And so I do think it's a great opportunity as well to build that kind of team camaraderie by having uh, a dinner together and talking about what we're learning, what we're seeing, whether that is, um, I think that's useful because you don't get a lot of opportunities to have that, you know, less a formal time with students. And that is one that can be beneficial. Yeah, I think we've mentioned before that, you know, anytime you get to travel with a student, that's a really great opportunity to kind of get to know each other better. But I absolutely saw that um, at our meeting in March, we had, you know, a new student who joined us in January, we hadn't got a chance to be kind of off campus together and things like that. And you could really see her personality shine through. You could see like where she was confident, where she, you know, needs to build some confidence. You know, she's more extroverted than the other groups uh, and the group. So it was like, Hey, let's go talk to these people. And it like never occurred to her that anybody else was like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, what else can you think about? Anything else that you help students prepare for or think about before they go to a conference? No, I think that about covers it. I think the big things are to do their homework, have some goals, make sure they're present, um, have a few things pre-planned in terms of having their pitch, having some conversation starters so they don't get caught flat. And uh, it's kind of funny that we just did this whole episode and we never talked about actually like presenting at a conference. It was really all the things around the presenting at the conference. So I guess the only thing I would add in there is that I try to be really proactive, shocker, with deadlines. Um, So if I have a conference that we're going to like the first week of May, I would give them deadlines starting four weeks earlier. That's like, this is when your draft of your PowerPoint is due to me, where we're going to sit down and talk about what your PowerPoint is going to look like. And then this is when this version's due. And this is when you need to practice with somebody else. And this is when you need to practice with me. And all of that is done well over a week before that conference so that we're not scrambling to do anything last minute. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. All right. Well, I think that's probably good for our time together here today. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. That link will be in the show notes. And um, if you don't mind, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast um, platform of choice that helps others find us and helps us know that you're enjoying the show as well. Yeah. And if you if you have some ideas uh, about uh, how to help your students uh, with networking, then uh, throw them out on Twitter for us so that we and others can learn. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time.